It's another Saturday Night in Comedy, and tonight we're doing Double Duty. Two very distinct comics talking married life and life on the road in the land of punchlines. First up, another one of NYC's finest takes over the airwaves here in Gotham Light. Then we check in with our old friend Ian Sirota with an all-new tour and album. He's hitting the club stages here in the GTA. Lots to get into tonight. I, of course, am Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And as always, streaming or airing every Saturday night. Uh, you know that because you're listening right now. And of course, you can stream all of our episodes everywhere across the entire known MCU on Global News Online. This week's episode is brought to you by Not a Living Soul. We are hitting season eight. <laughs> Approaching season eight on Inside Jokes, newly single, looking to mingle, sponsor free, and guess what? We are cheap and we're easy. We got our producer Vince Tedesco on the line. How are you doing this week, buddy? We are so cheap, so cheap. Oh, it's fine. That's right. Hot dog cart, whatever. Toronto, come, come get it. This is pseudo conservative AM talk radio about Canadian comedy. So guess what? It's a wide open showbiz on this. We do have a New York. We do have a New York comic, so maybe somebody in New York. Could we do you have New York? We have L.A. We can go yeah. big. We can go small. But you know what? Right now, Vince, it's just like you know, it's like when you're when you get out of like a long term relationship, you're just out there and you're just living it up. That's yeah. what we're doing. Just without like any- the no sex portion of the relationship. Right it's now. exactly the money yeah, part. The sponsor is like the sex. So there's not. We're not doing that. But anyways, all right. We have uh, we have an interesting double bill here this week, Vincenzo. Uh, we have two comics that are kind of talking about. I mean, there is some entertainment stuff and some interesting stuff in the news, but they're also talking about this sort of balance between work-life when you're a comic, uh, both of whom, a lot of the material has to do with married life and family life and how do you balance life on and off stage as a comic. First up, we're going to NYC. We have another crowd killer from New York coming our way. Sarah Tolomash is joining us first. And then a little later on, our good bud, Ian Sirota, who we haven't checked into in a while. I think that was mid what we like to call pandy on this show. Uh, but he has a new album. New tour in support of that album, hitting some clubs here in the GTA, so we're going to check in with him. Uh, a lot to get into tonight here, Vince. Yes, yes, there is a lot. <laughs> Agreed. Dead <laughs> air, crickets. Here we go. We're going to kick it off right now, right here. It's Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, which you know that because that's how you are listening to us right now. Thank you again to this week's sponsor, absolutely no one. This week's episode is brought to you by Not A Soul. We are newly single and looking to mingle. Come get it, Canada. It's Believe me, this is AM talk radio about the Canadian comedy biz, so there is no, quite literally, no sponsor too small. Uh, we have an interesting double panel tonight. First up, we're flipping it over to NYC, another New York crowd killer joining us we're gonna get into podcasting we're gonna get into marriage we're gonna get into this god-awful writer's strike that is sucking the life out of everything post-pandemic at the current moment what a bright note to kick off that off at sarah tolomash is on with us how are you doing tonight good thanks for having me guys i like (laughs) to kick everything off with doom (laughs) gloom i mean i do kind of want to pick your brain on the writer's strike a little later on because obviously i mean we have been talking about that quite a bit these last couple weeks but of course stateside that's obviously has 
much more ripple effects. I mean, you certainly have worked in a lot of writers' rooms, and I know that's kind of bread for a lot of comics right now. And how how does it affect stand-up? Uh, I did want to get into podcasting a little bit too, though, because of course you also co-host Lady Journey, which has built quite a huge following. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I know you've done the rounds of a lot of late shows. That was always sort of the format for comics where, you know, if you got if you got it onto a late night show, it was kind of like, okay, I'm doing something right and I'm getting seen and I'm kind of building from there. Podcasting has kind of, in a lot of ways, become the new calling card for stand-ups. Yeah, I think it... Um, I always think late night still is a thing that a lot of comics want to do. It's just fun and it's something for yourself. But personally... I don't really think it moves the needle as much anymore as you would doing one of the bigger podcasts. Which is kind of funny because, I mean, it's almost and I mean, we sort of have that same feeling up here on this side of the border right now, too, especially post Pandy. We call it the Pandy on this show because yes. make that more fun, <laughs> right? But it kind of feels like we're in this era now where comics have. You know, there's so many platforms now, and podcasting certainly led the way in that, but there's so many ways where you can just sort of build your own audience now, and comics seem to be so much more in control of their own destinies. Like, you don't have to go necessarily through the old channels that you used to. Late Night is still there, it's still great, but it does feel like it's sort of the end of that era in some ways. Podcasting just became this behemoth for comics, where you just went, I'm just going to build my entire audience, and now you can, you know, you're selling out theaters and clubs with these people that just listen to you online. Yeah, it's quite, it's weird because like you'll, I've gone to, you know, like I've done Skank Fest and they're there to see the podcast more than the standups. Like I feel yeah. like when you go to these like, like Skank Fest, it's like a comic con for comics. It's rather they're the fans are there to see their favorite comics, but I think they're there more for the podcast than the standup. It's literally a comic con. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is this weird thing where, I mean, you know, for you as a stand-up, I mean, you have your fans that come out and see you on stage and then you have what you do on the podcast. Obviously that's a different, a different outlet. Do you think it's almost like no matter how many people listen to a podcast for people tuning in, it always feels like it's this personal thing. Like you're listening to one of your favorite comics, but it feels like you're listening in on a conversation like you're standing right there in the room it feels like there's like this ownership almost of a podcast where it's like this feels like it was recorded just for me yeah I yeah I think the fans of podcasts are a, a lot more <laughs> intense yeah <laughs> uh, they have parasocial relationships uh I and I get it like I started watching all the Vanderpump rules and I'm like these are my friends now <laughs> yeah <laughs> And there is that feeling of like, you're just hanging out in a green room with somebody and just like overhearing this real conversation for you. Is that sort of maybe the appeal for a lot of comics? Because obviously when you're on stage, you're a certain version of yourself. You're sort of a dialed up version of yourself and you're, you know, you're steeped in your material in a certain way. Is it kind of freeing? Do you think for comics to, when you hop on the air and when you're doing a podcast, because you're still connecting to a lot of that same audience, but you're not bound to any material. You're just sort of having an open conversation with other people who probably make you laugh and make you think and people you like in the comedy world, but you're not, you're not putting on anything. Yeah. There's less parameters. Like when you do late night, even they've already, um, you know, green lighted your material and it's as clean as you can get it. But even yeah. with that, there's still like, can we change this? Can we change that? And it just makes it a less fun environment where, 
I feel like in podcast, you're in such an intimate setting that you kind of forget that you're being recorded. And I, I feel people like name drop, tell secrets. And I think that's the appeal of that. You get more of an inside scoop. You really do. I mean, even here on this show, obviously, I mean, it's, it's still terrestrial radio. We get comics on here. They're plugging a tour. They're plugging an album, whatever. It is an open conversation, but it's still, like you say, when you, you know, when you just hit record and you're doing a podcast, there is that feeling of like, you almost forget about the fact that millions of people are going to be listening to this. You just kind of vent and let go. And I think for listeners, that's so interesting because you get these great comics that you love them on stage, but now you're hearing them just free form it in a way that you never get to. Yeah. Anybody want to name drop Sarah? <laughs> Have well, you made you we, comfortable enough? When we hit the hour mark. <laughs> yeah. There could be thousands listening. Hundreds even, Sarah. Hundreds. That's always segment five of Inside Jokes where you just freely talk everyone in the industry. Uh, all right. We're going to come back with more Sarah Tolomosh and get into life on and off stage as a comic and how you balance all that. We'll be back with more Inside Jokes. Stand-up comic Sarah Tolmash, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, so right here on 640 Toronto, and as always, streaming coast to coast, North America wide, Marvel Cinematic Universe wide, all over the entire goddamn planet on Global News Online, everywhere where there's the internet we are talking to new york comics sarah tolomosh podcast host late night regular which again we were sort of talking before the break it is obviously for comics it is still a feather in the cap when you get called up to do a late night show but it's not it's not necessarily the old career launcher it used to be and it does kind of feel like we're sort of i don't think network tv is going to die but i do think we're certainly that's sort of the end of an era in a lot of ways everything is about streaming platforms now and you know the the almighty Netflix special. And now those are going to start being live. So it does feel like that's sort of an old era. Speaking of which, by the way, Sarah, do you, have you, cause we've been talking to a lot of guests, certainly in LA, of course, but the last few weeks about, yes, this whole writer's strike that's ongoing. And now the actors guild might be going next as well. How much of a ripple effect have you felt in the standup world from that? Cause yeah, a lot of, a lot of standups do get a lot of their bread and butter from writer's rooms, but some, some don't rely on that. Have you felt, any effects from that at all just even as a working comic in new york no not no it has not affected me whatsoever personally i mean i have a lot of friends in the writers guild and so i hope they get what they want in the fair share and i do believe they're getting screwed over i mean like you hear stories like was it now you know that they kim cattrall's doing sex in the city where you know they pulled together a ton of money to yeah. get her and then you're like oh so you do have the money to pay people right yeah yeah and it's weird because like you know you hear stuff like netflix doesn't let people know what their numbers are so there's no bargaining you can't you don't have leverage when you don't know the information yeah which is so bizarre it well, is really bizarre even this whole idea of now a lot of people are talking about you know ai generated scripts yeah that came up 
which is i mean i feel like we're already in this era right now where we're just constantly regurgitating things already i mean now we're remaking shows that just ended five years ago it's absurd we're already doing that with writers that are underpaid i thought the same thing too like everybody's talking ai apparently just uh kind of takes what and for information's already online and then pieces it together so it's already derivative that you are you're like well i feel like we're doing that anyway with a lot of art on our own as human beings. So it is derivative. I think that's why a lot of people like TikTok because you're getting like, there's no gatekeeping and there's a lot of randos that are creating some really creative stuff on there that's super, super funny. And that's kind of, I feel like where they should be going. I mean, in the standup world, we've seen that a lot these last few years in the industry. I mean, certainly north of the border. I mean, you know, our handful of major festivals that we have up here, we've seen a lot of that where finally the festival bookers are going, oh, here's the comics that have started independent record labels that are sweeping all the comedy awards right now. Here's the comics that have started all these independent tours and open up clubs. That's who we should be looking at. So they finally wisened up to that and go, that's who should be headlining festivals now because that's who people are going out and seeing. So I feel like the way to go would be, yeah, tapping into some of those other platforms and going, look at these content creators. What would they be able to do if, you know, Netflix or whoever were to give them a budget and give them a free platform? That's kind of where they should be going, I feel like. And obviously that's a huge part of the comedy world. Yeah, there is a, it's weird. It's like you get a lot of comics that don't like the TikTok stars, but I I feel like those comics sound kind of old and dated and it is a, it's a medium and I think it should be taken with just as much respect as other. I mean, they probably aren't like the chops of stand-up comedy. I think you still have to perform on a regular basis on a stage in order to get really good. And I've heard the, what the difference is, but it doesn't matter. Like fans want to see who they want to see. So I think you should be able to like, I don't know, respect both forms. It um, is true. I mean, sorry, have the crowds at the clubs been a little oversaturated because of the writer's strike? A lot more people are trying to get on sets. Um, I don't know if the crowds are, are oversaturated They're like, it sounds like it's the same what it is not because of the writer's strike. But what I have heard is that since there are a lot of writers that kind of put stand up on the back burner and now that they're like, don't I have really, work, yeah. they're taking, they're taking some of our spots in the city where they normally wouldn't have. So it's been kind of like, you know, we've had a, a lot of comics are complaining that they're not getting as many spots. So the comics are saturated, essentially. Yeah. 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 One thing I also want to switching gears a little bit. I also sort of want to pick your brain on is, I mean, comedy is such a weird lifestyle gig. Of course. I mean, you know, it's sort of the island of misfit toys. You kind of have to do it because you're wired a certain way, and comics love being around other comics. But it's a weird sort of work-life balance because you're always on the road, you're always working late, you're in clubs, you're in bars, you kind of always have to go, 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 go. It's it's one of those all-style, like all lifestyle-encompassing jobs. It sort of just is who you are 24-7. So for a lot of people that we talk to on this show, I mean, when you're trying to balance marriage or kids or family life or whatever versus that career of being a comic, it's a strange way of life. For you, obviously, very notably being married to a fellow comic. And I mean, yes, you've worked together, of course. You've roast battled each other. You've done so much stuff together over the years. What is, like, how how do you sort of separate the stage from real life at that point? I mean, I, are you just constantly walking around bouncing material off of each other? Like, there has to be some sort of separation where it's like, now it's just real life, real people, us, away from comedy land. I mean, does it get harder to sort of not have those two worlds constantly meld into each other? Um, I think Joe and I have found a balance. It's not like he and I riff. I actually think he and I have different comedic styles. 
Um, and but we still find each other funny. So we're just playing along like a normal couple ha- does, like with inside jokes that you would never be able to put on stage. But there are times where you know, like I'll, he and I are probably like mainly probably more than more me, like complaining about industry and uh, with. I don't know what's going on with the algorithm, like those kind of conversations I can get tiring in the relationship. So I try not to burden him with all that stuff. Do more bits turn into fights or fights turn into bits? <laughs> I think more fights turn into bits. Yeah. Yeah. And then and you have to you have to wait like a year so hopefully they don't realize that you it just snuck <laughs> it in that there. specific fight. Yeah. It kind of it's like living a podcast twenty four seven in a lot of ways. But yeah. is there because I mean, there must be sort of I don't want to be too precious about it, but like, you know, cheerleading each other a little bit because comedy at its roots, I mean, yes, you want to you know, comics flock towards each other, and that's who your social circle ends up being. But there's also an underlying competitiveness because you know you're always going after X amount of network shows, X amount of festivals. I mean, certainly this side of the border, we have obviously a smaller pond of all this stuff. So there's this sort of you're this person is your best friend or you're in a relationship with this person but at the same time you're you know going after the same thing so you will cut that person off if you have to you you have to still hustle for your own career is there that element to it at all or is it just like oh you got that thing good for you i'm proud of you well i think now it i think it's been a while we i was talking about this with uh some other comics is like nobody really has credits that much anymore because it's all garnered on what we've done on our own like you know, it feels weird to be like, this person has a YouTube special where you're like, well, yeah, anybody can do a YouTube special. But when you tell people you now the credits are like, this person has a million views on their YouTube special. Yeah. So there's not things that I feel like we're fighting over anymore. I do remember years ago, maybe 10 years ago when last comic standing did a resurgence and Joe made it and I didn't, and I have made it in the past. And I remember being kind of bitter about that. It does happen. It does it happen. Does. It's natural. Way, Did you burn his dinner that night or anything? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your food. Comics don't eat dinner. They eat at four in the morning. Take out mozzarella <laughs> cheese sticks. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, speaking of so this uh, new special that dropped as the kids say, Voluptuous Boy, which, by the way, I, I love that title. Uh, before we do let you go, because we'd love to chat to you all day. But before we do let you go. So yeah, how can we check out that special, listen to the podcast, follow you online, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can check out uh, my specials on YouTube. Um, I'm going to try to shoot another one shortly. Um, so look out for that. And then um, Lady Journey podcast is on all platforms, like wherever you type in Lady Journey, you'll find us. Perfect. There we go. Thank you so much. Once again, Sarah Tolomash coming to us from New York. Will we see you this summer at JFL, by the way, or... Uh, I hope so. I submitted another short, so I'm hoping that we'll get in to the short film festival. There we go. All right. Well, we'd love to see you up there. Don't forget, check out that special, check out that podcast, and catch Sarah live on stage, hopefully this side of the border soon coming up as well. Thank you so much.
fellow comedy lovers. My name is Ian Serrado. You're listening to Inside Jokes on AM640. Love and marriage, love and marriage Go together like a horse and carriage This I tell you, brother You can't have one without the other Love and marriage Welcome back to Inside Jokes, marriage. baby, right here on 640 Toronto And as always, streaming all across the entire uh, MCU on Global News Online. Maybe we can get them to sponsor, because this week's episode, of course, is brought to you by absolutely no one at all. We are purely... Invisible woman! Jokes, <laughs> right? We are approaching season eight, newly <laughs> single and just looking to mingle. But of course, you are tuned in Saturday night, as you are here on 640. Because guess what? Last time we had this next guest on was mid-pandy, and we were still on Sunday nights. We have moved on up in the world. We now air Saturday nights, because there is nothing... Anybody wants more in this world than pseudo-conservative AM talk radio about the Canadian comedy industry on a Saturday night. So for all of you whose car broke down on the way to the cottage or whatever's going on right now, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> just to Sarah Talamosh down in New York. Don't forget, check out her new uh, special, Voluptuous Boy, on YouTube. Check out that podcast and, of course, catch her dates coming up live. Now we're switching gears. we got an old friend of the show with a brand new album. He's touring around the clubs coming up. Ian Sirota is with us. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. Thanks for that uh glass half full kind of intro right? <laughs> last time we talked to you it was, it was sunday nights now we've moved on up in the world and uh you know we were brought to you by our good friends at hakeem optical but now we're uh now we're open for biz and oh, uh i hate hakeem optical so that's great <laughs> lens crafters if you're listening give us a call that's right ironically we didn't see that coming uh, oh, you have a new, uh, of course, you just dropped, as the kids say, a new album called Roleplay. Uh, I think last time we spoke to you on the air, it was you you had a Father's Day show. We had you and our friend Steve Patterson on. That was many moons ago, mid-pandy, as we say on this show. So what's, I know, and I know you got some club dates coming up. You're going out and touring around in support of this album. So what's this new album all about, Ian? What's some of the stuff you're tackling on this one? Well, it's my act, but it's a lot about, uh, like, my. I don't know if you know this, but my wife is into uh, Roleplay in the bedroom. Uh, the other day she went potatoes of Toronto Maple Leafs, so I started strong and hard, and then just before it's about the climax, I, I started choking myself. That kind of thing. Nice. Nice, Ian. Real nice. Right, away <laughs> right, to right back to that again. Hey, Toronto. Like I say, this album is my material. That's good. That's, you know... So you're not you're not Carlos. It's like autobiographical, you know, about my yeah. life, my children, my wife, and uh, other people that ignore me as well. Well, that's kind of, that's the thing, because I mean, you've always your material has always centered around marriage and family life and fatherhood and all that. And we were sort of talking to Sarah Tolomosh about that earlier, because Sarah's you know also notably married to Joe List, a fellow comic. So what that whole dynamic is like when you have two comedians married, and how do you sort of separate yourself from the stage ever and have that balance for you i mean obviously having that family life you do have that work-life balance but it feeds into your material how much how different of an animal is this album now because obviously your material grows and changes as your family life evolves and you know your kids get older and you get older and life changes how much of a different departure is this album now from let's say even the last couple of years ago last time we would have seen you releasing something oh yeah definitely i mean i'm definitely uh regretting having children more. <laughs> <laughs> but 
than I did before. But, uh, and you know, my marriage is still solidly average. So, <laughs> so <laughs> kind of the, the role play, you got to spice it up. Yeah. I mean, you can tell how well your marriage is going by how many steps down the stairs your wife will take when she hears you choking in the kitchen. And I'm a, I'm a top stepper. <laughs> how how true is the role playing? Do you play the comedian coming home from a long night at the at the club? Well, actually, the other day, sure, I pretend I was Doug Ford, and I told her we're in this together, and then I did whatever the hell I wanted to her. So, like that kind of thing. Yeah? <laughs> nice. You just pretend you bombed a set, and then she just gives you a consoling hug. That's the yeah, no, we're past that. We, we're like at the separate bedrooms part of our marriage. <laughs> Is she having it goes a third circle, right? yeah. on the other line? <laughs> it goes full circle back to when you first start dating. By the way, I wanted to pick your brain as a father and as a comic. Uh, here's an interesting story in show business week. Al Pacino just became a father again at the tender young age of 83 years old. And of course, his buddy De Niro is like, good for you, because he just had a kid at 79. What do you think about that? Are they, I, That's sort of the Anthony Quinn method. If it still works, should you use it? That's the thing. I think, why not? I mean, like, I had a dad for many years, and I probably spent less time with him than Al Pacino will spend with his newborn baby. So, like, <laughs> if he's got the means, the money, I don't see why people are giving him such a hard time. I mean, like, why not? Why not have another kid? I I don't see a big deal about it. I, I'm an older dad, too, so I, I get it. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, it's because everybody's like, that kid's not going to know their... Yeah, but you can watch the movies. I don't know. Yeah. Still watch The Godfather. That's my point. Watch The Godfather. There we go. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, no, he has no father in that palatial mansion down by yeah. the way. <laughs> For him. <laughs> i'm sure yeah i'm sure i'll be working out by the way do you find like because again obviously yeah your material so much does center around you know fatherhood and family life and just your offstage life obviously you have your own specific audience that you know this album is maybe more tailored to you've always had a certain audience that comes out and flocks to the club to see you but when you come into the city and you do mics and there's all these like brand new wet behind the ears comics and you see who's sort of coming up at the festivals and the clubs now and sort of who these new names are do you feel like it ever just pigeonholes you in a way where you're like, okay, well, my material is this, so my crowd is this? Or do you feel like you have that approach where you can make it wide open? You could just as easily jump into Yuck Yucks or tour out in the Burbs or hop into Comedy Bar and do your material. And it is sort of approachable in that way, regardless of who's in the room. I would say the latter because I, I find that I have been doing the younger rooms like the Comedy Bar. And I find that, I mean, everyone was a kid once, right? So like they... They kind of remember that and maybe they they aren't parents but maybe they get a laugh out of my approach to the whole thing but uh even then relationships marriage i mean it's not a huge difference it's uh all kind of like universal stuff really if you think about it well and i think and a I lot of, of my age i mean i have some jokes like that they don't get like there's a couple of jokes i do in my act that i know that only an older audience will get like i have a joke that i do only because i want to make people that have this uh, affliction laugh. I talk about how I can't perform cunnilingus anymore because I find it flares up my diverticulitis. That's strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> then I have to steam something if I want to eat it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> now they might not get that joke, but I'll find out who has diverticulitis in the audience that yeah. night. <laughs> Nailed it, Ian. Can, Nailed. I mean, yeah. 
That's the beauty of the age of podcasting now. You can go zero in on a topic as specific as you want, and there's there's an audience for it. I mean, it is, <laughs> it is true, though, because in a way, like, yes, your comedy is, you're talking about this stuff that has to do with your life and has to do with a certain stage in life, but it's true, that relatability. I, th I feel like a lot of comics, you know, that might be coming up and might be sort of rising to the tops of the ranks in this city right now, a lot of upcoming comics get stuck in the opposite of that. They sort of get stuck in this trap where it's like you you have your show that you do at comedy bar or, you know, smaller clubs and you're there every week and you kill for that audience and it feels great and you're rising up through the ranks of this city. But you haven't learned that thing yet where as soon as you leave the city and you go hit the road and you play places you haven't played before, now you're in an audience that you're sort of lost in because you've never played in front of this crowd you haven't learned that sort of adaptability yet where you have to be broad and you have to be relatable because as you know i mean canadian comedy is all about kilometers still even to this day yeah i i totally agree in the the expression we have for that there's actually an expression it's called uh can't do well north of highway seven if you're from the gta <laughs> uh, you know what i mean like uh they don't want to hear about how your subway ride sucked north of highway seven or yeah. about dating in the city or anything about Toronto, really, because they can't relate to that. So that's more unrelatable than it is relatable north of Highway 7. So those are south of Highway 7 comedians. I think they should learn to be adaptable because the world's universal now. Like with what we got going on right now, we're talking to a lot of people from a lot of different demographics. So you got to be relatable. It is totally true. And I mean, you, yeah, you came up that way of like, you, you work, work the mics, you hone your material, you go and showcase for the clubs, you get signed by the clubs and you hit the road, you leave the city and hit the road and you play towns and you play theaters and you play audiences outside of this sort of comfort zone. So there is sort of a double-edged sword there. Uh, anyways, we're going to come back with more Ian Sirota, his new album, Roleplay, and lots to get into to wrap things up right here on Inside Jokes. Yeah, baby. Comedy lovers, my name is Ian Sorodo. You're listening to Inside Jokes on AM640. It was a teenage wedding, and the old folks wished them well. You could see that Pierre did truly love the mademoiselle. And now the young monsieur and madame have rung the chapel bell. C'est la vie, c'est the old folks. It goes to show you never can tell. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and as always, streaming everywhere where there's the internet on Global News Online. This week's episode is brought to you by uh, Not a Living Soul. We have hey, yo. No idea what's <laughs> Brought to you by the burrito I had Brought to you by uh, this week's sponsor. Your guess is as good as mine, right here on pseudo-conservative AM talk radio, which again, you're tuning in Saturday night. Thank you very much. Hopefully... Um, 
Hopefully your AAA driver arrives soon and they'll get you back up and running. But in the meantime, you've got us to listen to. We've got Ian Sirota on the air with us, uh, which, by the way, I mean, you know, we were talking a little bit before the break, Ian, about how, you know, you you came up the OG way in comedy, which is always, you know, you would showcase for the clubs and you'd get signed and you'd leave the city and go hit the road and you'd pound the pavement and all that stuff. Certainly that still exists, but the game has changed too. Cause now, and especially coming out of the pandemic, but we're in the era now of, you know, online platforms and generation TikTok and podcasting and people starting their own record labels and da, 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 da. You think now for a comic coming up now, and yes, you have to leave the city. You can't just have that comfort zone of like, I play for this audience and that's it. If you really want to go do this thing. But do you think those days of sort of, of showcasing and getting signed by the clubs means what it used to be? I mean, yeah, the gatekeepers are still there. Everybody still wants to go to JFL and all that stuff. But it does feel like there's a lot more inroads now where you can just sort of bypass that stuff if you want and try to build your own thing. I totally agree with that uh, sentiment. But I think what happens is that in the age of Facebook funny, TikTok funny, uh, you have a very short, you do a lot of content and you have very short material and it's funny. And then if you go see a lot of those people live, you're going to be severely disappointed because they haven't developed an act. You still have to go out on the road. You still have to learn the craft. You still have to be a comedian. I don't think you can just be a comic by making a funny 30 seconds, 10 times a week. I don't think it's going to work when you do do with a live audience. So if you want to do that i mean maybe the definition of comedian has changed there's the social media comedian and then there's the actual live performance comedian and uh i guess you got to choose what medium you like do you think well, it is true i mean we've we've had lots of those guests on this show over the years and especially the last few years where a lot of these people that vince knew as well and brought them onto the panel it's like these people have you know five million followers on tiktok or whatever platform oh that, i don't know anybody with five million all followers. these viral videos and all this stuff right but then they've come on the show being like but you know what i'm doing my first i'm doing my first gig coming up of live stand-up so a lot of a lot of stand-up comics that never went onto those platforms and were, had to do that stuff during the pandemic it, it does feel like a placebo in a lot of ways because it's like that stuff is good you can build an audience and connect with people but nothing replaces that. The thing is the thing itself. You got to be in that room at that club in front of a live audience. That's what everything is is built around. Yeah, and I think that's the true art form. But I'm saying this as someone who just joined Instagram three days ago. So <laughs> on Instagram again? <laughs> I just joined. Like I, I finally gave up, and I was like, okay, all right, I'll join. And then I still don't know how to use it, but people are following me. I don't know how it's happening. Well, I got to make sure we find you then. Ian, do you think the social media surge is building soft comics, not the hardcore stand-ups that we know and love? Or we grew well, up I mean, like if, but is there, is like, a softer comic? I think you still got to sell tickets and go out there. So, like, you're going to learn your craft one way or the other. So, you once you get out on the road, it's a different, uh, it's a whole different thing. It's not you and, and your cell phone and your editing uh, program, it's you and a live audience, real people. Uh, yeah, but those are the ones that get triggered yeah. on stage and all that stuff. And then- right. Well, I think, we're seeing, I think I mean, a lot of the things that comics are telling us now is because there's this, there's this new audience that was stuck at home for a couple of years watching specials and listening to albums and podcasts. There's a lot of people flocking out to shows now who never saw live standup. And they are sort of itching for that. And now that pendulum has sort of swung back around where people are like, I want to go and sit in a comedy club for 90 minutes and put the world on pause. And I want that comic to say stuff that 
nobody else is saying and i want to be able to laugh at all of this darker stuff in real life so there is sort of this return to form in some ways there's sort of another resurgence of stand-up happening now i think the pendulum is swinging uh back towards less wokeness less triggering less sensitivity and more like i want to be in person i want to do real things i want to get off the internet i want to get off social media and I will have an actual experience, not an experience with my cell phone that I hold up in front of my face while I'm having an experience. I think people really want to have a live experience, it, not just that up in anything in life, uh, because we were penned up uh, during the pandemic. And for me, like the real victims of the pandemic are any woman named Karen. I mean, they didn't ask for this, right? <laughs> You, you probably named after your Grammy, and now your name's synonymous with white, white right. racist. It wants to go to the manager. Wants to speak the manager, right? That is true. It's just about yeah. There's like a there's a lot of the racist ladies in parks where we learned during the pandemic, just walking around with a coffee in their hand. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Now it's the best of both worlds. Everything's amalgamate. Now you could you could be woke and write a joke. That's what it is now. Speaking of soft comics, this week's episode is of course brought to you by Cialis uh, here on. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I feel like we could probably. Hey, I feel like we could probably get them. Shit, please. Sorry, you did, I just swore. I feel like we could probably get them. Uh, speaking of which, Ian, so where can we? I know we have some upcoming dates. Uh, you're hitting the. You're hitting yuck yucks. You're hitting jokers. Uh, so where can we catch you online? Catch you live, and also where can we check out this new album, Roleplay? Oh, well, Roleplay is available on all uh, on everything, Spotify, Amazon. So go out there, you know, buy my album because I'm. Uh, I'm going to have to buy a small bucket at the driving range today because I'm a Canadian performer. I can't afford the large bucket. So if you want me to hit a large bucket of balls at the driving range, buy my album, will you please? And I'll be, uh, this week I'm playing a golf course of all places. I'm playing in Owen Sound. And then the week after I'll be at Jokers in Richmond Hill uh, performing uh, on the Friday and Saturday of that weekend, which I can't remember the date. Then the week after that, I'll also be uh, at a golf course <laughs> in uh, Kingston, Ontario, and then at the on Canada Day weekend, if you want to see me at Yuck Yucks Niagara Falls, bring in the Canadian year. I don't know what what year are we? How old are we, Canada? Well, uh, we're going to talk about it. Whatever nineteen, whatever eighteen sixty seven is. Yeah, yeah, right. Eighteen. Whatever we are, it's many homes plus a hundred. <laughs> Ian, you'll be at Joker's the 23rd and 24th of June. Oh, okay, thank you. No problem. <laughs> Good to know. At the end of the day weekend, you will be at Yuck Yucks Niagara Falls. That's the Cadet weekend, right? Right, correct. And everybody can follow you online, and you should start getting your dates online on Instagram <laughs> at Ian Sirota Comic. At Ian Sirota Comic, all one word. Yeah, that, there you go. There we are. Was, I will be. Like, I should hire you. Huh? I should sponsor this show. I yeah. should sponsor this show. I'll let I'll let also Mini Holmes know that she got a shout out there. Uh, by the way, golf clubs. So if a joke doesn't land, do you get a mulligan or no? Uh, no, but I mean, like my uh, in golf, some of my uh, handicaps are uh, I drink and smoke too much on the course. <laughs> uh, I don't know the proper etiquette. And I burp and fart a lot. So I got a lot of handicap. There we no go. Mulligans in, there's no mulligans in comedy. Dean. There's no there's mulligans no in mulligans. comedy. It's like there's no crying in baseball. There's no mulligans. Right. No mulligans in comedy. All right. Ian Sirota, 
Thank you so much. Don't forget, check out that new album, Roleplay. Catch some of Ian's dates coming up live in support of this album. Check them out on the club stages. Thank you to Ian. Thank you again to Sarah Tolomush down in New York City. You can catch her podcast and her new special and check out her live dates coming up. That is our panel, but don't forget, you can tune in every Saturday night right here on 640 and, of course, stream all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. That's our show. We'll be back next week. Maybe brought to you by a sponsor. We'll tune in and find out. This week's Comedy Rx is Sarah Tolomash. I think because we watch a lot of true crimes, that's why that's one reason why I feel like we always worry about getting murdered, and also because you guys murder us. And <laughs> <laughs> like I remember in my twenties, I would be like, "Oh my god, I think that guy wants to f me." But now in my forties, I'm like, "Oh my god, I think that guy wants to murder me." <laughs> Doesn't that feel just as self-centered? <laughs> My friends are like, Sarah, he does not want to murder you. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm giving off that vibe. <laughs>